Welcome to One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm not a Dr. Anna. I'm a mom and a therapist. And I'm a high school student and a daughter. Each week, we'll discuss relevant parenting topics. And we'll interview some fantastic guest experts. And leave you with practical tips and information. Welcome, everyone. good singing sure (laughs) (laughs) tell everybody what we're talking about today well from the looks of it some professionals who need help but (laughs) (laughs) we're not talking about professionals who need help we're talking about how you know if your family needs professional help (laughs) no i feel like you're same words revealing a family secret here (laughs) no seriously i get asked this all the time where families are like how do I know whether or not it's like just my kid going through a phase or our family's just not super connected or it's time to get professional help through some sort of therapist or mental health clinician so I thought we would just talk about it so it could just be a conversation and families could figure out whether or not it's right for them yeah so all right so not we're not talking about singing today oh I feel like i already reached my peak of my singing i mean this this episode's about help so i'm just trying to like cover all the bases no i feel like i'm pretty much an expert singer okay so i mean if you want help with your singing we can maybe do like a mastermind or like a workshop later because mm-hmm. you've been singing jesse's girl all day and it's gonna be led by you uh-huh yeah okay yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway well professional help not singing Mental health. Okay, mental health. That's, we're going to switch the focus. Mm -hmm. All right. Professional help, which from my perspective is like hiring someone who's skilled, someone who's professionally licensed to support a member of the family or the family as a whole. So. Yeah. I feel like they should be like well-trained to like know what they're talking about, obviously. Well, and we actually have an ethical requirement that we don't practice outside of our field of expertise so Mm. that's something that could threaten our licensure if for example i was advertising myself as a registered play therapist and i'm not yeah i know like i've seen you talk to someone and they tell you a problem you're like oh well i actually don't do that yeah i can give you the email of who Mm -hmm. can help you yeah who's an expert in that area like i don't i'm not an expert in eating disorders yeah and so that's something if i hear that that's a concern then yeah absolutely Mm-hmm. I refer it out because we got to make sure people are in front of the right people. Yeah, people have to be able to use like the best practices in their field to give support or intervention because the goal, of course, is to have families feel like they're getting a good result. Yeah. That there's a relief of symptoms. Obviously, me being a mental health clinician, my focus is on therapy, therapy with kids, therapy with family, therapy with parents. But there's a lot of professionals out there who can support families. Like sometimes it's your physician. Your kid might benefit from a speech and language pathologist, an occupational therapist. We had an occupational therapist. Remember Erin? Yeah. Back in season one. Mm -hmm. She was like filled with information. Definitely. Yeah. Check it out. I know, right? (laughs) I can't even remember what episode that was. I feel like it was maybe episode four, but I'm really not sure. Could have been seven. Yeah. But Erin... 
She yeah. was wonderful. All right, let's talk about how do we know, like what are the signs that professional help would be beneficial for a family? Well, I mean, just a household just kind of seems off or they're experiencing stress or just stress that lasts longer than it needs to. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, I look at a family who's experienced stress. It could be as short as, you know, two weeks mm-hmm. or it could be something that's become more chronic. But when it gets to that point where people are starting to feel like, oh, this is too much for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there's there's specific symptoms that people can look for. You know, like you yeah. can you might see family members who are sad, not sleeping or eating. Yeah, like grouchy or angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe like someone who has anxiety or withdrawn. Yeah, that withdrawn thing we see that a lot with teenagers, where it's like, okay, my kid was interacting, and then they're going through something where they have anger, irritability, and they're like locked away in their room and they're super mad if you ask them to come out. And like hygiene, like just not showering or brushing your teeth regularly, that could mm-hmm. be a sign. Especially if that's a change. I mean, if you've got a you know stinky eleven year old. That might not be anything that's cause for concern. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> He's 13. He's oh. a stinky 13 year old. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but if there's a sudden change, you know, if you had a kid who was like into their appearance and showered regularly and then all of a sudden they seem to be less interested in taking care of themselves, then mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Or they say things that are really negative or even say like things that imply they're sort of feeling really down about themselves like, God, I hate myself, or I'm not good at anything, or I shouldn't even be here, or just signs that they're really overwhelmed. Like, I can't handle this. It's too much. I can't do this. I mean, there's symptoms that we just mentioned that can be really mild. And in that case, it may not be an emergency to get any kind of extra support. But if you're seeing it beyond mild, or it's going on for a while, then it's probably time to at least connect with somebody to see if in their professional opinion, your child or your family would benefit. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about some things you might see if getting extra help is beneficial. But I do want to mention what symptoms you might see that means it's essential, like it's an emergency or your family's experiencing a crisis. I mean, what comes to my head is just people asking for help. I mean, you should just listen to them. Like, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, There are definitely times when kids say, I wish I had someone to talk to, or I don't know what's wrong with me, or I feel out of control. I had a great kid, a girl that I worked with, um, probably, gosh, probably like three years ago now, and her parents reached out to me and said, like, we worry about our daughter, we feel like she would really benefit from someone to talk to, but we don't know how to bring up the idea of her going to see a counselor without making her feel like we think something's wrong with her or we're upset at her. And so they said, well, how do you feel about us talking about you being more of like a coach or a mentor or just somebody can help her sort of do some goal setting? And I was like, absolutely. You know, it's really just about the service that I deliver and making sure you as parents are comfortable and very clear with what I provide. So the girl comes in and she sits down with me and she's like, you know, you seem nice and all, but I really just need a counselor. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then she was like, I just don't want to tell my parents because I don't want them to think that something's wrong with me, but I really just need someone to talk to. And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> I do both. So I think it's going to work out just fine. Yeah. But it was interesting in that both the parents and the kid were like really worried about how mm-hmm. the other would take it. Yeah. Like they were protective of each other. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... There's a little bit of miscommunication, but they meant well, right? Well, I think some of it is the stigma. Like, people Mm -hmm. think that in order to see a counselor, that means you have to have poor functioning versus using it as one strategy to feel, like, empowered and connected and to develop new coping skills. Like, some people look at it as if you go to a counselor, that's just as an implication that you're mentally ill. And I put that Mm -hmm. in quotes. But, yeah, short answer. If your family member is asking for help, that is a strong indicator that help is essential yeah if there's safety issues would be another reason like if they're expressing suicidal thoughts or if they're engaging in self-harm like cutting or reckless behavior or an increased use of substances that's concerning for me Hi, I want to pause for a moment in our show and tell you a little bit about one of our sponsors. Eat and Press is a fantastic resource for those of you out there who are interested in writing a book to promote your business. So I know that I'm privileged enough to have a lot of therapists listen to this podcast. And as a therapist, I find myself saying a lot of the same information or recommendations to my clients and over time I learned that it was a fantastic idea to write them down and be able to create a book it establishes yourself as an expert it allows you to reach more people and actually it's a really satisfying experience to participate in so this is where Eaton Press comes in Eaton Press provides writing coaching editing and publishing services to help business professionals and in our case therapists publish and market their books as a tool to grow their business. So I want you to check out eatonpress.com to see the full range of programs, resources, and services that they offer to make your book happen. I feel that attendance can also be a sign, like if they're not going to school or work or... Yeah, you've had some friends who you feel like will pay less attention to things they thought were important like they'll drop out of a sport or they're skipping a class consistently or more than one class consistently Mm -hmm. and then with adults too you know obviously it might be work not school sometimes too is I will see family members particularly kids where they start to show signs of aggression like towards themselves or towards others and I don't necessarily mean aggression means like punching people in the face Mm -hmm. but just angry you know quicker to slam doors or get into an argument that's physical with a sibling Mm -hmm. you know that to me is a real cause for concern if somebody is doing that in the family and other people are expressing any kind of fear or anxiety about either being around this person or just being worried about their well-being and they don't have to be aggressive for somebody to be worried about them but Mm -hmm. if you're hearing gosh what's going on with him or her you know I'm worried about them this is what I'm noticing like that's a sign that that person might be reaching more of a crisis point yeah so when I work with families I do what's like a free consultation call And so parents, if they're interested in working with me, they go to my website and then they sign up for a consultation call and we spend about 30 minutes just 
making sure that I have a clear idea about what their concerns are and letting them know about my services so that they can figure out if it's the right fit for their family. But there's these common phrases that I hear over and over from parents. And I wrote some of them down because I wanted to share them today. So a couple of them, I'm going to go ahead and read them. I hate going home. We feel like we're walking on eggshells. I'm not enjoying motherhood or I'm not enjoying parenthood. I feel like my kid hates me. My spouse and I disagree on almost all aspects of parenting. I yell all the time. I'm ashamed of the things I say to my kid. My kid embarrasses me. I can't wait till they grow up and move out. I wonder if I should send my kid to go live somewhere else. My kids hate each other or we never have any fun together. Yeah, and when I take those calls, first of all, I read these with no judgment because I so appreciate parents expressing those vulnerable thoughts because oftentimes there's so much guilt and shame Mm -hmm. when they say these types of things. And I always assure them that they're probably not the only call I've had that day, mm-hmm. let alone, I've heard this, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of times. So they're not alone in feeling those things. But I do jot down those types of statements over kind of on this corner spot I have on my referral form to just kind of, you know, because it's their words that are mm-hmm. expressing their feelings. And it gives me an idea of, you know, how exhausted is this parent? Like, how overwhelmed are they? Yeah. Because it's really hard to be in a space to be helpful for your kid if you're just so burnt out and feeling sort of hopeless about the whole thing and that can be obviously a huge sign that they've come to the right place by reaching out to me because there's pretty much nothing that parents can say to me that's going to shock me or make me feel less motivated to help them Mm -hmm. so those are really vulnerable words I think yeah what do we expect from our mental health professionals Like if you think of what I, obviously I talk to you, you know what I provide for my clients or times when you've interacted with a therapist, like what do you feel like are characteristics that you should expect from somebody you're working with? Probably just not to be judgmental or using like blaming language or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, kids can get really defensive about the idea of working with a counselor if they just feel like, okay, this is going to be another adult yelling at me. Or this is going to be another adult who's pointing out the times I'm making mistakes. So, yeah, that's really an appropriate thing. I know that parents have sometimes called me and said, you know, we we tried to work with somebody else, but I felt like it was really shaming language because we have made mistakes. And we just sort of felt like we were getting chastised for decisions we'd made up to this point. And I'm just like, okay, I'm glad you tell me that because I don't mm-hmm. ever want parents to feel defeated before we got started. Yeah. I mean, how awful. Um, this is one thing I talk about is there's times when parents call me and they're like, fix my kid. There's something wrong. And I absolutely want to take into account like what's going on within that child. You know, maybe they have a diagnosis of ADHD. Maybe they have some developmental delays. Maybe they've experienced some sort of trauma and they're having an emotional reaction. But I also tell families like we have to look at it in the context of their entire family. You know, like what's the culture in that family as far as how they fight? What's the style of communicating when it comes to using sarcasm or humor? And what things have families inadvertently reinforced as far as misbehavior or positive behavior? And so I tell families, like, we got to look at it from both angles. Like what's going on within your child? 
and what's happening as part of your family dynamic. Yeah. Anything else? I think strategies come up with a way to cope or just finding a different way to like do things in like a more healthy or I don't know, just a different way. I know that a couple of years ago, you know, your your most familiarity with therapists have been in the process of your parents getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And I remember you told me once, like, I really like the counselor, but I feel like the counselor's just sort of listening to me and I really want more ideas on what to do. Yeah. And I know you're like a real, like, let's solve this problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of want to attack it and feel relief. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the type of therapist I am. Mm-hmm. You know, not all therapists yeah. are like that and not everybody wants that. But I remember for you, you expressing that to me and me thinking like, okay, yeah, as we go through childhood and it comes up again, that she might benefit from a therapist. Like that was part of my role is to make sure to find one that was a really good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So I relate to that. Hey, listeners. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about a private Facebook group that I just created. It's called Adolescence, a Parent's Guide, a support group for high school parents. Parents or caregivers of high schoolers or soon-to-be high schoolers are encouraged to join. We'll be sharing educational resources, supporting each other as we survive the roller coaster of parenting a high schooler, and offering a shoulder to cry on when it all gets too stressful. Search for us on Facebook to listen, learn, and join the discussion. Yeah, so I don't want to have this episode go on a really long time. But there's one last thing that I want to mention. And that is just when parents are considering whether or not to get support if their kids are struggling with something or their family is. I sometimes ask parents to factor in three things. Okay, so the first one is frequency. The second one is intensity. And the third one is duration. And what I'm referring to with these three words is like when you think of those problematic moments, you know, maybe your kid is having a lot of temper tantrums, or maybe your child is expressing fearful behavior at bedtime, or maybe there's just a lot of not listening and it turning into a power struggle or an argument, is I'll say like factor in frequency, which is how often does this particular behavior or symptom occur? You know, like if you think about temper tantrums, is it something like your kid's having three or four temper tantrums a day? Is it it happens once a week or twice a month? Like what's the frequency here? The second thing, intensity, is how severe is the behavior, like on a scale of one to ten. And just because we're talking about temper tantrums, is it like, okay, this is a temper tantrum that resulted in your child hitting an adult, ripping the curtains down off their window in their bedroom did they throw an object at a sibling um did the police need to be called or is it like their temper tantrum meant they you know were lying on the kitchen floor crying and everybody kind of stepped around them and was able to continue on with the routine in the household like those obviously are very different degrees of intensity of a tantrum and so i do want parents to keep that in mind and then the third thing is duration and that how long does this particular behavior last So if you have your kid having a temper tantrum three times a day and they all last five minutes, doesn't mean it's not stressful. It doesn't mean it shouldn't get get attended to, but that could be very different than once a week, but it goes on for two hours and 
you're not able to move on with your day and everybody's exhausted when it's done. And, you know, your child is being given big consequences that impact the rest of their day or their week or their month. So I tell parents, like, think about those things because that can allow you to really investigate, like, what your tolerance level is for this misbehavior. And that can help guide you when it comes to when it comes to figuring out if you need extra help through a professional. And it also allows you to be able to describe that behavior in a detailed way to the professional. Because, you know, sooner you can get started and getting some support, the better. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Frequency, intensity, and duration. So think about that, parents. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to, like, end this episode with singing? Oh. Or just like a regular way. Are we gonna go to the professionals who need help topic? No. 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 Oh. That's another show. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody tune in. No. Well do tune in, but don't listen Every to Wednesday. Anyways listen to me, not her. A review on Apple Podcasts. I'm so sorry. I apologize to every single one of you who are listening. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> but yes, please leave a review. Not on my singing, though. Well. Like on the content of this mm-hmm. podcast, but not like the singing specifically. I would like to see those comments. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be so embarrassing if people yeah. were like, your mom has the worst singing voice ever. Mm-hmm. But it'd be but. funny if they sang it. Oh, no. It's and they, okay. like, left me a review that was, like, a video review. And they mm-hmm. were like, your mom sucks. And you continuously keep on doing it. I know. It. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. <laughs> Anyways, make sure to leave us a review and to stay tuned for more upcoming episodes. Thanks, everyone. Love you, Mom. Love you, too, sweetie. Hey listeners, please join our free parenting webinar series. It's offered each Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please visit www.drtaraegan.com to register via Zoom. Each webinar will offer a 15 to 20 minute presentation hosted by me, followed by a 30 minute question and answer session. If you can't join us live, you'll be sent the recording directly to your email so you can watch it later at your convenience. Join our Facebook page at Dr. Tara Egan to get details about topics we'll be discussing in upcoming webinars. This is my chance to meet you, so please register today.